Happy Sabbath, friends. We're so glad that you chose to join us this morning as we journey through, continue our journey through the book of Psalms. Today, we get to dive into the beauty of God's mercy, and it is a big theme throughout the book of Psalms, the psalmist dwelling on the mercy of God and how much that is, is the foundation for all the hope that we have in God. Mm. But before we dive into the passages, let's invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and pray. Our good and gracious God, we want to thank you so much for the privilege of learning about you, for being blessed by you, and also to be a blessing to you. So as we study these Psalms, these beautiful Psalms written by your followers many years ago, mm. we ask that you, they continue to bless us today as they've been blessing your people mm -hmm. for centuries. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, I'm joined by Pastor Philip, our young adult pastor. Pastor hey, Philip, welcome. What's up, brother? Good to see you, man. <laughs> Good to see you. How are you doing? Good. Happy Valentine's. Yeah, Happy it's, it was Valentine's. a Valentine's week today, this yes, week. Huh? Yes, that's right. They're yeah. watching this on Sabbath, but today's Wednesday as we're recording it. Valentine's Day. Yeah. So we were we were talking about how Valentine's starts to mean different things or we celebrate Valentine's a little bit different after kids come. So and... true. <laughs> you know, it used to be a big deal to be yeah. able to celebrate on the day. Yeah. You know, I remember back back before kids and now it's like Lord, if we could get, you know, a couple moments on Valentine's, that'd be great. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it does mean a little bit different. Yeah. 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 We try, my <laughs> wife and I, we also try to do something special for our girls on Valentine's oh, Day as well. What, you, as what a, does that look like? We, we at least write them a card um, inviting them to be our Valentine's oh, for the day as well. Yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. Maybe that's something you could do with your yeah, kids. Yeah, I like that. I'll think <laughs> of something. Yeah. I'll think of something. I feel like... Valentine's uh, can be a bittersweet time mm. for, for many people. It's true. You know, I think of my fifth grade self. I was mm. very sad. <laughs> Didn't have the Valentine's returned. Um, um, but, you know, for a lot of people, you know, whether it's in a divorce situation, a loss of a spouse or, or just the loss of a relationship or not having a relationship, it can be a tough, tough, tough week, tough experience. So I actually look upon this lesson and I think like, wow, how fitting. Yeah. How fitting uh, that it would be on this this weekend. You know, Psalm 51 and uh, where David goes talking about just his need for forgiveness mm -hmm. is something that some people will recount during this week. You yeah. know, I think of several who've gone through divorce and just kind of talking about even in the process of one guy going through a divorce right now. And it's just unfortunate as he looks back at his past and he's mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, if I could have done it differently, Philip, I wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, the 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 theme for this this uh week's studies is the mercy of God, but it's not that word mercy is actually only a partial translation of the word that's mm. being used mm. in 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 this book of Psalms, Psalm 130 was 136, 136, right? 136, yeah. Yeah, that that um, his steadfast love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Yes. This idea that God's, this is not just mercy, but a mercy that acts. Mm. A mercy is his covenant love, his mm. hesed love. Mm. And I love that because love, we celebrate on Valentine's Day a certain type of love, but really that celebration of love should extend to all kinds of love, right? Yeah. It's not just a romantic right. love between right. spouses or right. between partners. Mm -hmm. It is a 
um, it is a, a love that that can be between friends, yeah. between um, siblings, between so mm. and between God and us, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So this this is the love that we celebrate on Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think spiritually, if we were to look at the word love itself, maybe yeah. you know there are these four different types of love that are found throughout Scripture. Yeah. So I I think that's very fitting. Because only just one of those is a more erotic, romantic kind of love. The rest, you know, dealing with friendship, relationship with God and others. So I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind. When we talk about hesed, um, that it, it lives in the symbolic nature of love as espoused in Scripture. But it's different, isn't mm -hmm. it? You know, hesed is, is a real, tangible kind of expression of who God is towards his people mm. for eternity. Yeah. For eternity. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if we looked at just Psalm 136 just for a moment. Sure. You know, it's it's a very unique psalm because all of a sudden it comes out of <clears throat> all of these uh, statement-like, <laughs> story-like psalms before it. And then all of a sudden it's like, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And then this repetition, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for his love endures forever. And it's repeated like this 26 times. Yeah. And then ending with these last three, uh, he remembered us, verse 23, in his <laughs> lowest state, his love endures forever. And freed us from our enemies, his love endures forever. He gives food to every creature, his love endures forever. Give thanks to God of heaven for his love endures forever. Why do you think that the psalmist, out of nowhere it would seem like, mm -hmm. creates this type of a psalm yeah. with this sort of repetition, poetic form? Yeah. You know, the, the, if you look at the structure of the book of Psalms, this, um, this psalm and the psalm uh, in front of it, Psalm 135, they are partner psalms. They're mm. they're both communal psalms, mm. right? And in, in the liturgy of, um, of the Jews, this was probably used as almost like a call and response where this, the, the person leading the, the, the praise would say, give thanks to the Lord for, the, for he is good. And then the whole congregation would yes. reply, his love endures forever. Mm. Give thanks to the Lord, thanks yeah. to the God of God, his love endures forever. And it creates this inclusio around um, the Psalms of the Ascents, the, the Psalms that people would read as they um, pilgrimaged to Jerusalem, right? Mm. These songs, Psalms of Ascents. So it's almost as if now that you've arrived in Jerusalem, on yeah. in the city of David, in the in the on the, the city on a hill, the, the the city of God. Now we can praise God mm. for all that He has done. Mm. I, I love how. I mean, it is very unique because of this repetition yeah. that happens throughout yeah. the entire psalm. Yeah. Like you don't see that anywhere else. No way. But it's so beautiful because. It tells a story, mm. you know. Um, I, I love how the the author of this lesson talks about how the first nine verses it it describes the God of creation, mm. but then it also moves on to the history of Israel, mm. right? Um, verse verse ten: To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, mm. his love endures forever, and brought Israel out from among them, his love endures. Mm. So it it's it's showing that God not only created us. He also redeems his people. Yeah. He cares for his people. And it ends with 
what you read, these universal statements, what God does for all of his people mm. throughout all time. Mm. He He provides us. He remembers for us in, in our lowest state. He frees us from our enemies. He gives food to every creature. So give thanks to him. Mm. So it's just, mm. it's it's almost like a reminder of the type of God mm. we serve. Mm. Mm. And and that that really is the foundation for for the hope that we have we you talked about this this idea of a love that um that that is redeeming right that this that at, at times can be broken but can yeah. be repaired yeah. that we'll look at in Psalm yeah. 51 yeah. the foundation for that redemption is the love of God mm. that it is a love that endures forever Whew. I wish I could love like that yeah. You know, I think we as human beings are marred with the fact that we love to a limit. Mm. Hey, I know what you did. You did that to me, to this person, to this person, to my family. Oh, that's it. No more. Yeah. You know, that's that's as far as I can go. The line is drawn. Yeah. Um, and I would never say that God's love has a line or a limit. But when you think about the fact that God is so abundant with his love, mm. he also has a time frame in which his love exists for all of humanity mm. in its response that humanity can give to mm. it. And I think that's something that we really need to take to heart. It's just like, wow, his love is that lavish, mm -hmm. that extravagant, that prodigal, but it does come with a time frame of just saying, hey, to remain in this loving kindness community, you too also need to have a response to that. Yeah. There needs to be some form of, of acknowledging, wow, yeah. this is what you've done for me. This is what you've given to my community, my family, my friends, all of us. Lord, now we in return, we say you endure and your love endures forever. And I choose that. Yeah, I want to be in that. I think that's a really significant point that we can't let go of. Um, it is extravagant, but it also comes within a frame of reference that like, hey, as the Lord will return one day, there will be an end to its um, meritous kind of lavish experience. Like, okay, what'd you do with that extravagant love? Yeah. You know, it's like having chocolate cake. But there's going to be a moment when your mom's going to say, okay, that's enough. You know, <laughs> all right, that's it. Now, uh, you know, the, the concept doesn't fully represent what, what God's love will be. It will be truly forever. Yeah. Um, but we have to have a response within a time frame. Yeah. Before he returns or before we pass away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love how you describe the 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 need to respond to God's love for it to have its full efficacy, yeah. right? Um, I, I I do think, like you said, God's love is limitless, and even even after God returns, and there are some of His children who will be lost, right? Mm -hmm. Some of His children who won't have accepted His love. <clears throat> I don't know if God's love for them will ever end. Yeah, but honestly. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe that God still even has that kind of love for Satan, right? Mm. Despite all mm. that the devil mm. has done, yeah. that God still has that kind yeah. of love. However, like you were pointing out, love by its characteristics has boundaries, mm. right? Mm. There, 
love love does not mean that love like we've talked about many times here before love is not permissive right, right. it doesn't say that anything goes right. because that's not true love and that's why satan isn't there in heaven still yeah otherwise he would be there was a boundary yeah though the lord loves him at a distance yeah that's in human relationships too you know people who hurt you abusers other things like hey i forgive you i love you but there's distance between us here. yeah yeah, because love doesn't allow you to just abuse me without any kind of yeah. um, space right. or boundary put right. into place. Right. Yeah. So that's that. I think that is a very important point that you're making there. That that love contains boundaries, even though it's lim even though God's love is limitless. Yeah. There are boundaries. Yeah. But even a boundary-filled, limitless love is out of reach for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's. I mean, I. I I can put boundaries into place sometimes, but it's to say that I still love that that person is not always easy. Mm. To actually love mm. that person mm. is not always easy. You know, to want what's best for them. The the mental decision might be there, but my emotions and feelings yeah. are not necessarily going to be walking in step with. Yeah. You know, and I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, you leave that up to the Lord, but you know you have at least given that up and say i'm not going to hold that against uh me or them forever because i don't want to hold the pain yeah but it doesn't mean i'm going to feel well about it yeah or you or whatever it is yeah, yeah. wow you make yeah. a good point about the whole emotional forgiveness it reminds me um so philip and i we we teach a class together for nursing students and one of the assignments that we made for them is a podcast about forgiveness oh, right yeah. from the overflow yeah powerful pad, uh, oh. podcast if you haven't heard this podcast it's yeah. um where can they find the overflow, yeah, you, the podcast? overflow podcast is on any podcasting platform on itunes or spotify or even on the computer look up uh, choose to overflow.com and look up jean's story of forgiveness g-e-n-e yeah. -E. she was in papua new guinea with her two daughters and her husband and he was tragically murdered mm -hmm. um, over a tuition fee mm. of one of the students and thinking it would be erased somehow if the man who's the treasure is murdered. And, and her story of walking through that was just tragic. Yeah. Um, but, because she has yeah. to actually flee the country yeah. um, without even seeing her husband one last time. Yeah. It was just, it's just brutal. Oh. I mean, yeah. but her journey towards forgiveness for these men that she actually never meets the men mm -hmm. that, that, did, that committed this crime and they are never punished for, for what happens as far as if I remember the podcast correctly. And she talks about this journey between an intellectual forgiveness yeah. and then an emotional forgiveness, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like the intellectual forgiveness can happen first, but the emotional forgiveness, it takes time to years. journey there. It took her years. Yeah. And I think that's actually something that's really important. When we talk about the loving kindness of the father, that's a divine attribute that only he has. Yeah. You know, when, when anyone wants to pressure you into moving into forgiveness quickly, you know, that's not right. Yeah. You know, it's just the human body carries trauma so differently. Yeah. I think of, um, and I'm forgetting the name of the author who wrote The Body Keeps the Score, mm. you know, who authored yeah. the DSM uh, manual. And it's just like the body holds on to trauma in a way that physiologically it affects you. Yeah. You know, Jean was depressed. I mean, profoundly. Mm. And, and so we have to be generous 
with people who have been hurt, who have gone through traumas, who have just gone to those places and to not rush that process. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm grateful to God uh, that when I inflict pain, that he is, what's the Bible say? Quick to forgive. Mm. Wow. Lord, may I be so as well. Yeah. And my emotion, may my emotions follow after that. Yeah. I remember, uh, I'll tell this story, and some people may give me some flack for it, and I'm not implying anything with it, but I remember being in, in seminary, sitting in the library there and in, uh, in the James White Library, Andrews University, and my classmate across the table just talks about how incredibly merciful God has been to him. Hmm. And he says, and especially my wife, hmm. and this is a pastor, and he says, I was a dog. You know, I I caused an affair. Hmm. And um, I can't even believe that my wife is even with me still. And she was weeping. She was crying on the floor. He was crying after he recounted what he did, you know, just the shame, the guilt, the pain he caused his family. And then his wife said, as he was about to leave, he was going to leave the house because he felt so much shame, not because she was like, get out of here, you know, but it was just like, he didn't know what to do. He's like, I'll, I'll just give you some space. And she just said, stop. Hmm. And, and she grabbed onto him and she just prayed over him and they wept together. Hmm. And she said, I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm going to forgive you. But I doesn't mean my feelings will. Mm. Wow. And he said it took them years, yeah. you know, to work through that. But for her, you know, it's so different for every couple. Yeah. You know, I remember going through our pastoral counseling courses and it's like every spouse has the ability if they've there's been an affair. Hey, you can walk away. Biblically, that's been given as your, you know, this is this is what you can do. You can yeah. walk away clean hands, I guess, in that sense, that spouse who's harmed you in that way, that's going to be on them. And you yeah. can go, but some spouses choose to do that act of forgiveness. And it's just like, wow, that yeah. that's, that's, that's incredible that people can do that. Yeah. But yeah, she, she spoke that about that being something that would take time for her. Yeah. And, and I, you know, we go through this as pastors when we're sitting down with people when there's been infidelity and it's like, People get triggered. Mm -hmm. Let me see your phone. What are you looking at? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Like, mm -hmm. I, I need to know. And sometimes the person who's caused the pain will get defensive. And I always have to stop the guy or, or girl. And I'm just like, hey, you need to understand. To rebuild this trust, yeah. it may take years. Yeah. And you, it's not that they're trying to hold the sin over your head. But it's just, it's that visceral. It's that close to their, their heart that you're yeah. going to have to work through this. And like, hey. Please take my phone. Do, look whatever you want. Here's yeah. the password. You know, there's nothing going on. I'm so sorry. Let's walk through this again. And so that process of forgiveness, you know. Yeah. That loving kindness the Lord has, it is divine. He's given us the ability, as Paul says, the gift of reconciliation that we can walk through with people. But it doesn't happen in his same time frame. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Merciful wow. loving kindness of the Lord. Thank you. Oh, that's a powerful story. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, uh, first of all, um, each couple is different, and mm -hmm. their journey is going to be different. Mm -hmm. So we're not sharing this story because we're saying that yeah. you have to forgive someone yeah. who's done an affair. But for someone who chooses to do that, mm -hmm. the recognition that 
trust has been broken. It's oh, been yeah. cut. It's like a wound. Yes. And an affair is one of the deepest wounds, yes. right? And like any wound, that takes time yeah. to heal. Yeah. Takes yeah. time to Absolutely. heal. Absolutely. You know, and when when God is also harmed by the people's infidelity, yeah. going to, you know, Aaron, here, a, a calf of another God emerges, he says. It just, I threw it in the fire and it emerged, this yeah. calf, you know. And the people just start dancing and worshiping it, you know, and you hear like Moses's anger and in other spots, there's just recounting God's anger to his people. Like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. How could you, you know, and I almost like that that is in the scriptures that God is saying, like, how could you do this? Yeah. And there are parts where like, I mean, Moses, if he didn't intervene, he, God would have what wiped out the people. Mm. He's like, no, if you're going to blot them out, blot me out too. Mm. And he's like, all right, for your sake, we'll, we'll hold it as is. Yeah. So even, even God is hurt. Hmm. You could say maybe not in the same, I can't compare it to human hurt in that same way, but at least the texts point out there, there was a break. Yeah. And yet it's exactly then that has said is finding its fullest form. Yeah. Because his loving kindness endures forever yeah it's unconditional and it is permanent yeah regardless of what we've done oh yeah how yeah. how lord you know that just just going back to what you were saying about the the fact that god god feels right mm -hmm. that is something that i think in the greek mind the ancient greek mind they struggled with because god God was supposed to be a God that it was unchanging. Yeah. And by being unchanging meant that that emotions could not move God, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, emotions themselves, that, that has that, that element of motion, right? Emotions means that our, our hearts are changed and turned. And yet in scripture over and over again, and especially in the life of Jesus, we see that God is moved, yeah. right? Yeah. God does have emotion. Mm -hmm. He mm -hmm. does express love. He had experiences joy and sadness and anger, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. These are all emotions. Now, um, God's emotions are the purest forms of these emotions, right? Um, maybe not the ways that we as hu sinful human beings express them, but that does not take away from the fact that God is moved. Yeah. And so when, when his people, his creations, the ones he loves so dearly, mm -hmm. Um, reject him or um, cheat on him, yeah. which is the framework that's often used in scripture, yeah. right? With other gods. It does. It does. There is an element that it does hurt mm. God mm. deeply. Mm. It wounds him. Mm. And yet, like you said, God always makes this way back mm. because his steadfast love, his love endures forever, right? And um, I, I love Psalm 51 because this is this is an example of of David, the process that David took in journeying back mm. towards reconciling with God, mm. right? Mm. The path of reconciliation that David takes with God mm. to repair the the broken trust yeah. and the hurt and the pain. And now some people maybe don't know what happens here in Psalm 51. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in my Bible at least it says here yeah. something. Right at the beginning before it starts, it says, For the director of music, a psalm of David, when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. Yeah. 
I mean, so this is this is obviously pointing to the time when David um, he he sees Bathsheba. He's on top of his his palace, looking down. He sees Bathsheba bathing, right? Mm-hmm. Lusts after her, mm-hmm. finds out about her, finds out that she's married, mm-hmm. and yet he takes her anyway, mm-hmm. and he sleeps with her. Mm-hmm. And then she he gets the notice that she's pregnant. Yeah, and so he calls her husband, who is one of his 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 greatest warriors, yeah. calls him back from war. This yeah faithful servant of his so that he will sleep with his wife so that it would sort of hide what has happened the fact between that him. he took advantage of her exactly some commentators say even raped her yes i mean yeah. because when it's a king and a subject regard she may have wanted it she may have not the power but, differential is huge but the but it didn't the fact is it didn't matter yeah right it didn't yeah. matter what she wanted yeah. because he was king yeah. right so, so he, you know, he takes this, he brings Uriah, but, but he's, he's so this, his servant, his soldier is so faithful mm. that he doesn't even go to his house. Mm. He says, how can I sleep at my own home when, when my brothers in arms are at war, yeah, right? Dying there. Yeah. 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 So in order to try to cover up his mm. crime, he, he, he has him killed, mm. basically has him killed. Mm. And then he takes Bathsheba for his wife. Ooh. And he thinks the whole thing is hidden until Nathan goes and confronts him. Wow. And it, it all comes out, all the gory details. Wow. And this is a psalm that he wrote wow. after that experience. Wow. wow, wow. I almost feel like it would be good to just read it, yeah. just to hear it. Maybe we can read a few verses each here. Sure. This is in the NIV. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of you are reading this with me and, and you're thinking about your own life, something that you've gone through, something that you've done. May this almost be a prayer for you as we read this. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place, Joey. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and Mm. blot out all my iniquity. Create in me, this this famous part, Mm. create in me a pure Mm. heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation Mm. and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Wow. Then I will teach trans. I got to just stop there. Yeah. That, that one song create in me a pure heart. Oh God. That that song just immediately comes to my mind when I read that. Oh man. It's such a beautiful song. Verse 13. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, who you who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. 
you, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper, Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous and burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered at your altar. Yeah, so much to cover here. I hope we have enough time to get to all of it. But the question that, as as I first read this psalm, the question that popped up into my mind was, what do you do after you make the worst mistake of your life? Oh, man. Like, what do you do? Oh, man. And David, initially what he did was he tried to cover up his crime, right? Deception. Which is is what many of us, that's that's what we go to, right? I don't know about you, but I've done that before, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Second grade, I stole Julian, Julian's watch. And instead of telling the truth the next day, I wasn't a very good thief. I wore the watch to school. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the best news there. (laughs) And then then I tried to defend myself. No, I I won this. I won it at a party. And my mom's like, you're seven years old. What party (laughs) have you been going to that I was not there, you know? And Julian, in front of everyone, he says, that's my watch. And it was kind of like one of those moments. It was like a showdown. Go prove it. And he says the plus sign doesn't work because it was a calculator watch when those uh, things were real cool back then. Sure enough, he touches the plus sign. It didn't work. Like, uh, a teacher took the watch. And I was. Oh, man. So, little... so how, did, how did you live that down? Like what, what did you do next then oh. after that moment? Like you're caught red handed. Oh, right. I, Everybody knows. I fought that, fought that, fought that. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. You know, and that's the thing. Yeah. Instead of admitting our faults, Mm -hmm. David here, how beautifully, you know, he didn't admit his fault at first, right? No, he didn't. He didn't. It wasn't until Nathan, the prophet's like, you are that man. You're the guy. You're the guy. After he does this whole little parable thing with him. And finally he admits, but it, it, sometimes it takes some time till you're just like willing to like, (sighs) yeah. Okay. You know, the, the idea of like falling on your sword, mm-hmm. you know, just, just own your fault fully. And people will respect that more. Yeah. That's a really hard thing to do. But yeah. I think it, it, in the end, will prove to be much better. Because then I think we start building this habit of, of just lying. Mm. Instead of owning up to our faults. And that's where we receive forgiveness. What is it? James 5.13. I do this with accountability with my guys all the time. Hey, confess your sins one to another and then pray for each other. Yeah. And there your healing will emerge. Yeah. But if you're living in the darkness where you can't even confess. Yeah. Ooh, that's like just Satan wrapping chains around you. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even anything you've done to anyone else, but you've done by yourself, uh, against yourself. But just willingly admitting that, like, I've done this. I did it. That's powerful. It's freeing it just is. to admit things. It, it is. I, it's, there's power in bringing our sins to light, right? Mm-hmm. They say sin is like mold. It grows best in the dark. Oh. Right? Oh. It's what happens. Oh. And, and just like mold, it's the light of day that kills it. Wow. And yet, and yet what we need most mm. f- to recover from our sins is the thing that we dread the wow. most. Wow. Bro, right? they can preach. Come right? on, give it to us, Joey. <laughs> you know, it's it's so true. Whoa. Like we 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 fight so hard like you said. Mm. 
even when caught red-handed, yeah. you're not the only one. We all do this. We like double down. Oh, I'm so right? glad. I this is that. not me. <laughs> this was not, you know, you must be, no, my watch is broken just like <laughs> yours is broken, right? Like we double down on it. No, and, and something, our pride gets yeah. in the way. Pride. Pride gets pride. in the way. And we try to hide it and yeah, hide it and yeah, hide it. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, Satan uses that to mm. just wrap, wrap, mm. wrap his mm. chains around us. Yeah. And yet David... For all of his faults, and he yeah. had many, he had yeah. many, many yeah. faults. Yeah. But one of one of his redeeming qualities, perhaps his best redeeming quality, yeah. is when when he is confronted, he he confesses. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was king. Yeah. He could have had Nathan killed. He right? could have. Absolutely. He could have doubled down, mm -hmm. very easily doubled down on on his sin, and yet mm -hmm. he doesn't. When mm -hmm. he is confronted, mm -hmm. his heart is broken. Yeah. And he confesses. Yes. And that's so yes. powerful. You know, I think of John the Baptist. There, Herod has mm. the similar situation, right? John the Baptist has been calling out this affair, this adultery. Mm -hmm. And Herod's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. But then the woman he's sleeping with is just like, no, I want, I want John gone. Mm. Let's get him out of here. Instead of repenting, yeah. agreeing to like, ah, this probably wasn't right. We're so sorry, publicly. Yeah. Hey, for, for Christian leaders, for leaders, for people of companies, you know, you're, yeah. you have others under you. It is embarrassing. It is embarrassing to have to admit fault. Oh, it's embarrassing. But there's nothing freer for you and your family than to be able to move forward than telling the honest truth. Yeah. I don't know if there's something that you're struggling with right now. Man, I can't tell you enough to find a good friend to just pray with you in this journey about something that you're going through. I, I do this regularly, you know, it's just something in men's ministry with our young adults. And it's powerful to walk alongside someone. You know, mm -hmm. I have a good buddy of mine. He's accountability partner with me. We've been doing it for years, for almost 15 years. Yeah. Every Thursday, now Wednesdays, you know, at nine o'clock, we just talk, talk about life. And there's a moment where it's like, hey, mm -hmm. how you been? And I know what he means when he says that. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, a, wow. it's a very important moment to yeah. just like, I need to bring something before you. But it isn't that that person will offer you anything. It's the moment we take that sin, that issue, that struggle. Maybe it's not even a sin fully. And you bring it before Jesus. Yes. Who is the great healer who said, I've come that I might die for all humanity. Yeah. And to bring freedom. Yeah. And power from the bondage. Yes. The light to kill the mold. Yes, yes. So... Yeah. It's so important. I just want to encourage every single one of you. If you don't have someone in your life right now, please, you know, call the church, call someone next to you, call to a family member and just give them the gift of of sharing the truth. Maybe that might be something you've been holding on to for a long time. Or maybe it's just you need someone to hold this with you and to bring that before the Lord. Yeah. So I encourage that to every single one of you out there. That's powerful. Yeah. You know, it reminds me that at um, in Adventist gatherings in in the early years of our church, many times what they would do is they would start their meetings with confession, wow. right? They would stand wow. up in front of everybody and confess their sins. Ooh. And we're not saying that you need to do that. You don't have to go this, you know, this Sabbath and go in front of, of, of your whole church and confess yeah. all your sins. But... There is power in confessing it to someone, mm. having an accountability partner, like yeah. you said, someone yeah. to check you. And the, I think the, 
more power you have, the more authority you have, the, the more position you have, mm. like David, mm. the, the more it's important to have yeah. these partners who can call you out because yeah. it gets harder and harder. The higher position you go, the harder it is to yes. admit that you're wrong. Yes. And yet all of us, all of us are wrong at some time, yeah. some point, right? Yeah. So we need people who can call us out yeah. and keep us accountable. Well, now, repeat the first question you asked me when yeah. we were going to jump into this. Yeah. What do you do after you've made the worst mistake of your life? I think of a story. When I was doing youth ministry back at Andrews University, and it was a public high school ministry, and I, I might have shared this story before, mm. but these two sisters would come. They're just lovely girls, beautiful musicians, great in working with people too. And every once in a while, they'd talk about their brother. And I'm like, I've never seen your brother. And they just got quiet. Mm. It's because he's in jail. Young adult. I think he was 19 years old, driving through those country roads in Michigan. I don't know if he was intoxicated or what, but he was going over 100 miles an hour, just flew through a stop sign mm. and killed a family just on the spot. You know, second degree manslaughter. Wow. And he was serving 10 years in prison. Oh, wow. So what do you do when you've harmed someone Yeah. in an, it could seem like an irreparable way? There's nothing he could do short of Jesus coming down and, and resurrecting those family members. Yeah. There's nothing he can do. Yeah. What do you do when you cause irreparable pain? David murdered Bathsheba's husband. Yes. And the audacity of him then taking her as his wife. Yeah. I know. Brother, come on now. Yeah. Come on now. And yet what we see, it there's... The way that this psalm is structured, there's almost like a step-by-step -step process mm, that he's taking. That. Right? He starts by he starts in Psalm 51, have mercy on me according to your unfailing letter, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Mm. So there's a confession that he's making, right? He's confessing what what he has done. Against mm. you only have I sinned, which yeah. We could get a little sidetracked there, like, how is it only God? But he's making this point that what he's done, he understands, yeah. is an affront to God, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. It's hurt other people. It's destroyed other people's yes. lives. But it's also an affront to God, Yeah. right? It's an attack against who yes. God is, yes. especially as a leader of God's community. Yes. So there is a confession and an, uh, an owning of the sin yes. that he's committed. He's not trying to hide it anymore. Right. Right? Verse, He's bringing it to three, light. I know my transgressions. They're yes. before me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So he starts with that confession. And then he asks for forgiveness, mm. right? Mm. He starts with verse 7. Cleanse me yeah. with hyssop yeah. and I will be clean. I love this. I love this idea of hyssop because the, the author of the of the lesson talks about how david seems to be making a connection to leprosy like mm. his sin is like leprosy mm. because when a leper in leviticus when a leper needed to to come and and be pronounced clean the 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 priest would wash them with hyssop Ooh, right wow. so the imagery here wow. is like god like you like you heal a leper from leprosy Ooh. cleanse me from sin wow that is such a powerful illustration yeah because sin is, it is just like leprosy. It is infectious and permanent mm -hmm. unless a miraculous divine hand 
yeah. emerges over us. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it's so wow. destructive, right? Yeah. And insidiously <gasps> destructive. I mean, there's so many connections we can make. The between inner, inner death of the yeah. body. Yeah. You, know, you don't see the fingers falling off, yeah. but, but maybe you see relationships breaking off. Yeah. Maybe you see other things going on inside and the yeah. sickness. Oh, wow. And the more you have it, the less you feel it, right? <sighs> All of this. Oh, wow, Joey. Right? Leprosy. So this leprosy is taking over his body and it's like mm. God, he's pleading for God to make him whole again. He's recognizing mm. the destructiveness of sin yeah. and asking for forgiveness and cleansing. Wow. Right. Wow. So he he does that. And then not only that, he says in verse 10, mm. create in me mm. a pure heart. Yeah. So he's not just asking for forgiveness. This is not just a, uh, a, a judicial forgiveness. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. just like in a book, you wipe it, wipe out the sin. Yeah. He's recognizing there's something broken in me. I need transformation. That needs to be fixed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think this is the part that we often forget. Mm. We neglect when it comes to our own e journey of forgiveness. Yeah. We think that if we just recognize our sin and ask for forgiveness, mm. then enough. we're done. Yeah. But we don't ever deal with the root sins inside wow. that have taken hold yes. of our hearts yes. and ask God to, to fix that. Wow. And that's a healing. That's not a once and done. Mm. It's a healing process mm. to root out those sins. Sometimes it takes it takes time examining, maybe, maybe going to a spiritual leader that mm. helps you guide mm. you through the process. Mm. Maybe it's mm. some mm. therapy that, yeah. that you do with a godly therapist yeah. that helps you journey through right. that, that brokenness inside that's yeah. leading you to make the same sins over and over again, whatever that brokenness yeah. is. And all of us have different patterns of brokenness inside right. of us. Right. Whatever that brokenness is, it's dealing with the inner yeah. challenges that are causing yeah. the outer yes sense. and and sometimes there are things you and i can do to yeah. work with god yeah in that process of, of drawing us closer to his heart and to bring purity back to our lives you know yeah. people say hey you can never be a virgin again well i i definitely believe that god can bring purity back to you mm -hmm. you know okay so that's been broken but but God can still restore you back to purity, mm. you know, and, and it doesn't mean you are less than in any way. Yeah. Now there will be effects. This is the thing. There will be consequences. The Lord does not remove from us. Mm. You know, you'll have to still pay child support if you go through divorce and, you know, unfortunately that, that happens and, and you have that consequence. Like I'm not in the home anymore. I don't have to pay child support. I have to, you know, life is different, right? Whatever it is, whatever it is. But the Lord can restore still so much. And we can work with God in bringing that restoration. Yeah. You know, there's this, uh, this book that was just titled kind of A Grace-Filled Divorce. Mm. And it was just addressing that there are ways in which you can go through a broken uh, situation and make it worse or at least bring about the best resolve possible, mm. you know, where it is grace filled mm. as opposed to toxic, yeah. which is what you hear, you know, whether any relationship breaking up or situation, whether it's at work or coworker, or just church. Right. Um, and I think of that book that you were sharing with us in staff meeting so long ago. I mean, when, when people do cause so much harm, yeah. the church kind of really looks at, the, at them and sometimes particular leaders, who've fallen and it's like, I don't know if I trust you again. Yeah. I don't know if I could 
there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great point. So the book that Philip you're you're referencing is is Unpunishable by Danny Silk. And in it, he talks about the subtitle is the church's love affair with punishment. Mm. And he talks about this punishment paradigm that we often take when it comes to church leaders who have some kind of moral failing, right? And often it's, we just need to punish you enough to, to feel like you've paid and paid the price for yeah. what you've done, the yeah. harm that you've done. Yeah. And then we'll welcome you back. Yeah. Right. Whether it's, um, kicking you out of ministry, pastoral ministry for a certain length of time and then inviting you back, mm-hmm. or it's, um, shaming you in front yeah. of other, whatever it is, we, we, we take our pound of flesh and then we think that's enough. Yeah. And yet that's only that, that doesn't, really follow the process that you see that David journeys mm-hmm. through here, right? Mm-hmm. That he he not only owns up to his sin, he doesn't only ask for forgiveness, he's asking God to do the deep work of fixing the brokenness inside of him, mm-hmm. right? And the problem that that often happens with, with especially leaders, because leaders, we get very good at hiding the broken edges mm-hmm. of our sinfulness, mm-hmm. right? And like we said, sin grows best in the dark. Wow. And so especially if we don't have those accountability partners, we don't have people that we can trust and to be honest with who yeah. will point out those broken yeah. things to us and that we can process that with. Yeah. If we don't have those people, that those sins will continue to grow. Yeah. And so when somebody has a moral failing, public moral failing, it's not showing that it, it was a one-time thing that happened. It's showing that there's, there's just like a sprout when it first pops out, there is a whole root structure mm-hmm. that has grown before Ooh, it sprouts, that's right? So, good. so before yeah. you see the thing above the surface, yeah. there is so much developing be- below the surface. Yes, yes. And just like with any weeds, I, I was just weeding this past week, it's this on past your mind. Sunday. It's on your mind. Yes, <laughs> because of all the rain we had here, yeah. it, the weeds are growing like crazy here. Yeah. If you pull out the, the the weed, but only pull out the plant and not the roots, immediately it's it grows back. right back yeah. out, right? Because yeah. the roots yeah. sustain the growth yeah. of the plant. And that's what we do wow. when we punish people and just leave it at punishment. All we're doing is we're like pulling off the head of the dandelion, mm. but but leaving the roots intact. Mm. And so what, what David seems to be saying here is he's recognizing sin has taken root on my heart. Oof. And I need God for you to go in there and root it out, right? And that's a journey. That's a process. Sanctification. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's a recognition of of actually taking time to Mm -hmm. examine Mm -hmm. why why am I, mm-hmm. why am I doing these things? Mm-hmm. These things that mm-hmm. I don't really want to do, but yeah. I really want to yeah. do, yeah. right? Yeah. Like Paul says, the right. things I do not want to do, I do. I end up doing. Yeah. yeah. There is something broken in me that makes me behave in these self-destructive ways. These mm-hmm. ways that I know will destroy my marriage, will yeah. destroy my relationships, will destroy my, my work, ministry, business. you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I still do them because there's something broken inside. Yeah. 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 And and so he's asking for that that healing. Mm. You know, there are certain red flags before a relationship would to were to start that I encourage people I'm like, listen. Mm. It's not that they're a bad person, but they're dealing with literally a demonic oppression over them. Yeah. You know, addiction, people who are dealing with addiction, they are they are gonna lie they're gonna cheat they're gonna do whatever they need to steal to keep that addiction going you know you want to start a relationship with someone like that 
you're going to head into a hard space. Yeah. Now, what do you do when you're in a relationship and someone's got that going on or other things pop up? Yeah. That's not easy. But these are a couple things I'll just tell people. How do you know that you should stay in a relationship, particularly when we're talking about someone who's not married? Okay. Because mm. I think it's different when someone's married. I think you need to journey longer. Mm. Um, but when someone's not married and you're, they're like, oh, I'll never, this will never happen again. I can't believe, you know, I don't take anyone at their word. I take them at their action mm. because right now they've shown me with their action, the reality of where they're at. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm lifting up the red flag. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. So time will tell. So there needs to be concerted actions that are yeah. showing me as the uh, partner here that you take this seriously. Yes. It's like, you might need to quit your job because you've got some affairs going or you're cheating there. You're stealing, whatever. Um, you're going to counseling. You're getting accountability. You're going to get some treatment. You, you know, there are action steps that are proving like, wow, you're taking this seriously. Yeah. And then lastly, if you're willing to wait some time, that's the other thing that's really important. Now, when someone cheats before marriage, I, I usually tell people you need to get out. Because that person has something that is so in core to who they are, they will cheat on you after you get married. Hmm. And so it doesn't mean that you can never get together, but they need to have a good season of time where yeah. they're dealing with like, why would you why would you think you need to have another person hmm. on top of this and cause this damage? Like you yeah. understand what that would mean if you had kids and you said I do and a life together. And, you wow. know. So there are certain things people can do to say like, hey, I see them taking that serious. Yeah. You know, that's why in, at work, like someone's not functioning well. Okay, they're on probation. They have a plan. They're action steps. And if they're able to fulfill these, hey, we can take that probationary period off. Yeah. Let's go back to something else. Yeah. That's but, so powerful. Yeah. No, I, I think that's so key that that... that wanting is not enough, right? That there are actual yeah. steps that we need to take. Yeah. If we, we have to put ourselves in in the, we have to allow ourselves to be worked on by God, yeah. right? And whether that's done in the presence of a, you know, a godly therapist or, or, or somebody that's an accountability partner who, who's helping you journey through this, there, there are healing steps. We have to change our environment, right? Like mm -hmm. if there are environments that are leading us towards this, especially in those initial steps, we have to remove ourselves. So these steps are important to take. But I, I, I want to end because we're, we're almost out of time. I want to end with the last thing that happens mm. to him. And that's verses 12 on. It says, restore me to me the joy of your salvation wow. and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Wow. Then I will teach transgressors your ways mm. and your sinners will turn back to you. I love this mm. circle that happens because Ooh. he's saying that there is... There is an end, right, yeah. to this process, right? There is restoration mm. at the end of this. Mm. If we do that hard work with God of him weeding out the sin in our lives, restoration is possible. Yes. And that's something that we as a church all also sometimes neglect. We mm. we sometimes think that restoration, that some people will always be the way that they are, yeah. right? Yeah. We give up on people. Yeah. We give up on them. And yet, David... Mm who was a murderer, mm. a liar, mm. right? Who killed people. Like mm. he did so many bad things. And yeah. yet he is a man after God's mm. own heart. Mm. Mm. Restoration is possible. Mm. And there is this thing that as a restored person, you will have the opportunity to lead other sinners back to God, mm. 
right? Mm. This full circle wow. that happens. When your mess becomes your message. Yeah, I that, love that. That I love you can that. then wow. bring others to deliverance through just being honest yes. about your mess Yes. and what God did for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that, that is the journey that mm. God, mm. that God's steadfast love makes possible yes. for us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Joey. This was such a meaningful conversation with you. Will you pray for us? Yeah, we will. Incredible Father, we come before you, Jesus, every single one, completely broken in so many ways. And yet, Father, you also restore us and you bring to us a mercy that is never-ending. And Lord, we pray that we might be able to be honest with you and others, that we might receive this type of mercy. But Lord, we also don't want to stop there. We want to receive your utmost cleansing, that you would restore to us a hunger of walking faithfully with you, that there might be a ripping out of roots that have been placed there by Satan that mm. have been just let to grow. God, we want to replace that yes. with your blessing. We want the light of you to shine in those places. Mm. And Lord, we pray that we might have this same promise that you would restore to us the joy of your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So friends, all of us are broken. All of us are sinners. But restoration is possible for all of us. Mm. Our messes can become our message. Have a wonderful Sabbath.